Spookies, and welcome back to the Appalachian Spooky Hour, or welcome if you're new here. I'm sorry we went a week or two without an episode. I was super sick, could not manage it. I'm here tonight, though. Just excuse the stuffiness, and if you hear me clearing my throat a little bit more than usual, I'm just trying not to cough, but I'm ready to dive in. So grab a snack, grab a drink, lower the lights. We're about to get spooky. Now, this episode is a little bit different than my usual. Um, just stick with me. I promise it's, it's interesting. If you're like me and you grew up in the 90s, then you probably also saw The Blair Witch Project when it came out in theaters in 1999. This movie marked a turning point for me as a horror fan who, up until that point have mostly favored slasher films that were popular in the 80s and well into the 90s. I mean, Scream was one of my all-time favorites and still is. I mean, we'd already gotten a sequel to Scream by the time Blair Witch came out. Back to the point. If you're like me, you saw that movie and it rocked your world. It was our first real experience with viral marketing, which seems crazy today. Because, you know, that's everywhere now. But this was really the first time we experienced that. And it was really our first foray into the found footage genre of filmmaking. And what made this movie so absolutely terrifying was how real it seemed. Like, these three student filmmakers had truly gone into the woods of Burkittsville, Maryland to make a movie about an urban legend and they never came back. Of course, eventually the illusion was broken, but the movie has still endured. It's still just as great now as it was back in 1999. But what about the Blair Witch? Was it really all just made up for a movie? Tonight, I want to dig in a bit to talk about what parts of the story were made up just for the film, and scarily, which parts weren't so fictional. Let's start by talking about the town of Burkittsville. It is a real town, really located in the Black Hills of Maryland. In fact, it's very near the Appalachian Trail, making it right in our wheelhouse for discussion here. It's actually a historic village, starting with the first tract of land being purchased within the boundaries of what would eventually become Burkittsville in 1741. The town was founded by Mayor Joshua Harley and Henry Burkett. So you can see where the name eventually evolved from. Poor Harley, though, right? Like, dude got the shaft. Burkittsville did have its turn, as did a lot of small towns and villages, at seeing bloodshed during the Civil War. On September 13, 1862, Confederate cavalry under command of Colonel Thomas Munford occupied the village of Burkittsville. Then on Sunday the 14th, the Union and Confederate armies engaged in the Battle of Crampton's Gap, which would serve as a prelude to the Battle of Antietam. The Reformed and Lutheran churches and adjacent schoolhouse were used as hospitals for more than 300 wounded from both sides of the battle, And those buildings are still standing in the village to this day. 
a stark reminder of what was both lost and gained during the war. While Blair Witch made Burkitts feel famous, you know, really kind of put it on the map, a lot of the movie wasn't even filmed in or near the town. A lot of the landmarks that you see in the movie are actually in Germantown. So keep that in mind if you ever decide to pay a visit or do a movie tour of the area. A lot of the film took place in Seneca Creek State Park, which is pretty necessary considering the film is about being lost in the woods. So that's kind of your go-to place if you want to dig into some film history. So let's dig in to the movie and see if we can figure out what is fiction and what just might be fact. I'm so stuffy, you guys. All right. Let's start with the story of Eileen Treacle. I think it's Treacle. It's spelled like Treacle, so we're going to go with that. Eileen is reported to be one of the first young settlers in the town. She belonged to a large family who settled in the area. And a year after the town of Burkittsville was founded, the first crop was yielded. And therefore, they held the very first annual wheat harvest picnic. You know, it was a big deal back then to celebrate harvest time. It was very important and necessary to kind of keep up morale for the people who were settling these places. So the picnic this year took place near Tappy Creek. And during the festivities, Eileen kind of wandered off toward the water. You know, unattended children tend to find trouble that's true even today. So she was down by the water and she fell in and subsequently drowned. Now, 11 different witnesses claimed to have seen a ghostly hand reach from the water and pull Eileen in. They searched the creek, but they never recovered her body. Several days later, the creek became clogged by these oily bundles of sticks, and the water was contaminated for 13 days, undrinkable, unusable. So was this fact or was this fiction? Sadly, this is fiction. It was a story I sort of hoped would be true, though, you know, I mean, I don't wish some poor kid to have drowned, paranormal or not, but it is a very interesting story. And for those that, you know, are familiar with the film, I'm assuming the bundles of sticks have to also do with the bundles of sticks left by the Blair Witch in the movie. So then, what about the story of Robin Weaver and Coffin Rock? In 1886, an eight-year-old by the name of Robin Weaver disappeared into the Black Hills Forest. I could not find confirmation fully on if Robin Weaver was a boy or a girl, so we're not going to make any distinction there. Um, we just don't know. Or I don't know. If it's out there, I could not find it. But the story goes that a search party went out looking for this child. And while Robin eventually returned home, the search party didn't. This was a search party comprised, I'm assuming, of adults, young adults from the area. They went in the woods and they didn't come back. A second search party was sent out to locate the first. 
and they found them, much to their horror. The bodies were found on a large, flat rock in the middle of the creek. This spot was known after that as Coffin Rock. The bodies were tied together, bound at the feet and arms, completely disemboweled. The second search party left to get more help, but when they returned, the bodies were removed from the area. It's said that the stench of death still hung heavy in the air, proving that it wasn't just a story that had been made up or a mistake that had somehow been made. And I'm sure you guys very clearly probably, if you're like me, remember this scene from the movie. She's like sitting in the cave telling the story of Coffin Rock very early in the film. So again, is this fact or fiction? This one seemingly could be based in fact. There are a lot of accounts online about Coffin Rock, which is an actual real place that you can visit for yourself. The bloody massacre supposedly did also take place. Those specifics kind of vary depending on where you look online. While I can't promise you that every word I've said here about Coffin Rock is exactly as it happened, it does stand to reason that something pretty horrific did happen there. Like, it's hard to imagine. And, you know, it leaves so many unanswered questions, like... How long did it take the second search party to find the first? How long were they gone before they came back? Like, what was the window of time in which somebody came and moved these bodies? Interestingly, the film does address that a little bit um, in the part where Heather's talking about, you know, what happened to Coffin Rock. And the book she's reading from, I don't know if it's real. I didn't look that up. But if it was, it implied that it was just a matter of hours. Wow. Like that kind of lends to the idea that there were several people involved in whatever happened to these people at Coffin Rock. But um, of all the different stories the movie kind of brings us, that one is probably one of the more disturbing ones to be factual in nature. So let's go back to the beginning of the film. Um, the opening shot of the fake documentary inside the movie is done in the cemetery overlooking the real town of Burkittsville. They talk about the unusually high number of children who are buried there, indicating that some died of disease, while others were likely victims of serial killer Rustin Parr. Parr isn't explicitly named in the original movie, but he is the man who led the children into the old house in the woods where he would then kill them one by one. When it comes to fact or fiction, this one is just complete and utter fiction. They didn't even give this character a name until some of the other material, including Curse of the Blair Witch, came out after the original movie was released in theaters. Another disappointing but a bit of a relief to type of fact. Besides Coffin Rock... What is haunted in and around Burkittsville, Maryland? There is an area near the Black Hills Forest called Spook Hill. And the story there might sound familiar to some of you. If you put your car in park, it will roll uphill 
seemingly pushed by the spirits of Confederate soldiers who died in battle. I think most small Appalachian towns have a story similar to this one. While I don't discount it, I can't say this is something we haven't heard of before. You know, most of us have a Gravity Hill-type area near where we live. It's a small town thing. Not really unique to the area. There is another legend that involves nearby South Mountain, and it is certainly interesting. Supposedly in a cave located on the mountain lives a creature known as the Snallygaster. It's a bird reptile chimera with its origins rooted in the superstitions of German immigrants who settled the area. This story was really helped along by the media when it blew up in newspaper reports back in the day about the monster. Early reports believed that the Snallygaster sucked the blood of its victims, painting it as some sort of, like, siren, vampire-type creature. It's described as being not only half-reptile and half-bird, but it also has a metallic beak lined with sharp teeth. Some people even say it has tentacles as well, and it swoops down from the sky, picks up its victims, and carries them away. Reports of the Snallygaster still exist today, and while I'd never heard of it until now, I'm kind of into it. That's a cryptid I did not know, so I learned something from Burkittsville. There are other local stories and legends that are really honestly common to most small towns, you know, like I said before. There is no Blair Witch, and the filmmakers did a hell of a job creating such a good backstory and lore. If you want to visit Burkittsville or the surrounding area, remember to be respectful. It's a real town full of real people, most of which had enough of the story in the movie after its release. If you're looking for some good haunts, try visiting Coffin Rock, as it honestly is the most real and scariest story I could find, and it's a pretty good one. Presuming, of course, there's any credence to the tale at all. I'm just going off what I could dig up. There's also some interesting Civil War sites worth checking out, and an interesting abandoned African-American church near the town with some interesting history. Um, I'm not really going to name name the specific church. I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone. Um, it's been abandoned for quite a long time now. Um, I believe it was built by freed slaves in the area after the war. Don't quote me on that. I could be incorrect. I didn't write it down. I'm just going off of what I could kind of remember. Anyway, um, after it closed, um, there's been reports of teenagers breaking in and, you know, leaving horrible graffiti and doing some demonic kind of things there. Supposedly even quite a few years ago now, I think, they performed an exorcism on the building to try to cleanse it of all this negative energy and entities that have been invited in. Um, there is an interesting cemetery on the grounds because the African-American folks who went to this church were not allowed to be buried in the cemetery that belonged to the town. You know, it took a, a long time for free quality to be as it should and it's not even perfect today but 
um, yeah, they weren't allowed to be buried in the cemetery with the white people. Um, so they have their own burying ground. I don't believe they bury there anymore, but, um, it would be interesting to check out if you're in the area and you want to look that up. Like I said, I'm not going to name it. I don't want to be disrespectful to the people who were buried there and, you know, the people who want to keep heathens out of the church building. So that's there for you to look up at your discretion. You know, movies sometimes warp our perspectives on things. And while some do have a kernel of truth to them, most are simply embellished or created for our entertainment alone. I know this episode was a little different from what we usually discuss, but I've always had an interest in the town and learning more about it, and I wanted to share some of my findings with all of you who might be kind of like-minded. There are much scarier things in the world, though, than what we see in movies. We've already talked about some of them, and we have so many more left to discuss. And uh, one more thing before I go, um, I'm excited to let everybody know that the Appalachian Spooky Hour, in conjunction with a new project we're working on called the Appalachian Paranormal Research Initiative, will be doing a week-long road trip this fall where we'll be overnighting in some very haunted places like the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. We're going to be doing some things in Gettysburg, including staying in the Sarah Black Room and the next door haunted room in the Farnsworth Inn in downtown Gettysburg. We are also doing a private tour of Penhurst Asylum. So we're going to have some live content going on. We're going to be making episodes as soon as we finish our research and like checking these places out. We're going to be giving you the history of these places if we haven't already touched on them in a previous episode. We're going to be talking about our personal experiences there. We may have um, some kind of like YouTube videos tying into the episodes. I don't really know yet. Don't quote me on that. We haven't totally confirmed, but we will for sure be at Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. We'll be at Penhurst. We'll be doing two nights in Gettysburg. And uh, then two of us, myself and uh, Mandy, who's been here before, MJ, we'll be doing a tour of the Ohio State Reformatory. Um, Shell, who uh, actually was on um, the episode about uh, the prison in Philly, she'll be with us for some of this. Um, we're going to do, I think, a live episode from the Farnsworth Inn, for sure. Maybe with our investigation tied in, maybe we'll just, you know, do some questions with the Spirit Box don't fully know how that's going to work yet, but once we know, I'll be linking everybody and, like, letting everybody know when it's going to happen. We'll be doing, like, a fireside ghost story episode in Gettysburg one night. We are um, doing a tour of the battlefield, which we'll talk about in an episode. Um, we're going to be doing a tour of the um, old orphanage in Gettysburg. We'll, of course, be doing an overnight actual stay at the Farnsworth Inn. We'll tell you all about that. We are doing an immersive investigation. I think our second night in Gettysburg. I'm not 100% sure yet. Haven't confirmed it with the people yet, but um, we're really, really hoping we can do that. Um, I know part of the night we would be in a cemetery there. Um, 
like I said, MJ and I will be at the Ohio State Reformatory. Um, we're going to take some equipment, do some light investigation. I've been there before and I can't wait to kind of share my previous time there in my new experience with you guys. Um, these episodes will all be in the fall. Um, this season's probably going to end in May. We're going to be starting that July, August through the fall. I'm looking forward to doing um, an upcoming episode that have an interview with a paranormal group from Georgia. Um, I'm hoping to do a few more things with some other podcasts. And we are really excited to start kind of working on the Appalachian Paranormal Research Initiative. It's female-driven, which is something you don't see enough of in the paranormal community. I see lots of great women doing podcasts now, talking about spooky things, visiting spooky places, and it is excellent. But we are really, really excited to kind of be doing our own thing in this, like, male-dominated field. So I just kind of wanted everybody to know that we have lots of cool stuff coming up. And uh, we'll have another episode in two weeks. We're back on schedule, hopefully, if nothing else crazy happens hopefully my sinuses and allergies start to behave but um that's all for now spookies treat yourself watch the Blair Witch have a snack enjoy your evening but remember don't go outside alone after dark